Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Bride Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And Catherine, as you remember, we kind of left last week on a cliffhanger. You know, we yeah, didn't Ivy, really know. I, Ivy does this to us. Yeah. It's like so, leaves us there. So we welcoming back to phase two of what happened on the last day of session. Welcome, Ivy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up. Yes. Uh, well, for the the one session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, what's funny is saying that it has only been one week. <laughs> it feels like we've had several weeks in this one week. <laughs> and part of it was the holiday. So that was a nice break. I got yeah. a little time, you know, got to relax a little and then, you know, back at it. So, so kind of tell us at the end, um, last week, we were kind of saying we're in the mid middle of kind of vetoes and budget talks and what they, what legislators were going to take from the governor and what they weren't going to take from the governor and kind of where did that land? So they did go in and override a, a couple of his vetoes, um, budget related vetoes. So no, um, no policy bills that really affect us at all. So, I, you know, we, we really didn't know, um, you know, we're, we're not considered state employees in this, in, in this instance, sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. You have to but use the air em- quotes. Like exactly. State employees, um, state employees uh, a state employee pay raise did get part of the way or got, got through the process and he vetoed it and they did not take that up. Um, so in the end, the only state employees that got um, raises are uh, state troopers and um, some correction employees, not ones in private prisons. He did veto those, um, but uh, some public sector workers did get raises. Uh, educators, support employees, teachers were not in on that list, and then in the end, <clears throat> state employees were were left off out of that as well. So um, for a year where there was so much money, yeah. so much one-time money. And if you'll remember back at the beginning of session, everyone, uh, Roger Thompson, Evan Wallace, the two appropriations chairs, House and Senate, um, were all saying we're gonna we're gonna need to spend one-time money. And they did spend some one-time money for sure for you know, job creation and, and, you know, incentivizing businesses to come to Oklahoma. And I'm not saying any of those are bad ideas. We were just really hoping education would get some of that. And, and in the end, we did it. That's disappointing that that, uh, like you said, Ivy, there's so much money that we could have easily given a stipend with state money. Um, we were, you know, we were talking last night that too bad we don't have an ocean project for education. I did say that yeah. last night. If, if, you know, in a, in a year where I, I'm afraid we haven't seen the height of our teacher shortage, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, we have a, we have a local leader who, who has, uh, keeps saying the silver tsunami. So folks of retirement age, 
that are going so quickly out of the profession mm-hmm. that it's creating a tsunami. Um, we we are having retirements at record levels and not college graduates coming in at record levels. Yeah. Um, so so I think we're going to be uh, really really hurting in our schools for um, teachers oh, wow. in general for teachers in general, but but highly qualified teachers for sure. Yeah. Um, so in a year where, where there was a lot of money, we could have, you know, maybe really expanded a scholarship program, really expanded some incentivizing folks to, to come back to the profession. You know, uh, this is two-year-old data, but uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister did a, a, a poll uh, of the 35 thousand people that still reside in Oklahoma that have a valid teaching certificate. I'm one of those. Yeah, and I'm one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would it take for you to come back? And so a couple of years ago, they did that. And, and it, and it wasn't just pay. It was a lot of things. And, and we have not solved many of those problems. So I, I digress to say, um, I think we missed some opportunities to really address um, some funding issues and some pay issues and some resource issues and some respect issues and <laughs> all the things that are that are making folks leave our schools. So That's when we, sad. it is it's it's depressing and and I yeah I mean and I think all you have to do is go out to one school and hear and hear that you know I mean it doesn't take a lot of visits it takes a sit down with one to two teachers to pinpoint those exact things that you talked about, Ivy. So um, what are some other bills that were left out that you had expected maybe to go all the way through? Right. So so because uh, because the legislature came back into session to override those vetoes last week, we thought there was a, a hint of a chance that some of our good bills that almost made it out, that could make it out, they could have. Friday, last Friday, on the last day of session, they could have passed uh, a pay raise bill for teachers and support professionals. They could have passed uh, bringing the stipend back for our National Board Certified Teachers. They could have brought uh, passed our community schools bill that could have helped so many kids across our state. They could have passed a, a TLE reform bill that our, our members were really excited about, getting rid of the PL focus for our, for our TLE program. Uh, you know, and then they could have passed ones that we were a little more questionable about, changing the entire way uh, charter schools are are uh, you know are overseen in our state, and it it didn't end up getting across the finish line either. So um, there was a lot of, of big education policy left on the table. Um, some some was a little bit of a relief, and some was uh, some was real sad and and hurts my heart that we got so close. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll be talking about possible interim studies on some of these things. We'll be talking about um, different ways to go about some of it, um, working with the State Department and, and uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister to uh, look at some, you know, in the, in the interim, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Ivy, what would you say was, um, what was the biggest win of the session? I would say the biggest win I can point to would be um, uh, Representative McBride and Senator Pemberton's um, scholarship bill, where um, 
you know, I think they're going to spend 70 million over the next five years to uh, bring a thousand new teaching positions to our schools across the state. So Oklahoma high school graduate that goes to a public university um, that gets through the traditional pathway and teaches in the state for five years. Um, that will fund a thousand people, a thousand positions. Uh, and I think the potential in the end, if they get all of, if they, you know, stay on that track and teach for five years in Oklahoma in any area, any, any discipline, any area, any public school in Oklahoma for five years, it's a possibility of, of right around $25,000 yeah. to go towards their education. So it's not an incentive pay, it's uh, it's kind of delayed loan forgiveness. Forgiveness. You know, Ivy, when I talk to um, university professors in the College of Education, I ask them, what, what are you hearing from the field? Why are people not going into it? And a lot of them is they're, they're looking at a career that they're going to come out with possibly high debt, and they're they're worried about that, and they're not. And, and they know they, that that debt that they're going to have is going, you know, it's different if you come out and you're a doctor or a lawyer to, you know, be able, but knowing that our, our salaries are not competitive, that that's going to increase that debt. And so hopefully if you're a high schooler and, and your passion is education, there is a pathway for you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I graduated in 1995 and it was tough to find a teaching job. Yeah. You know, there were 20 applicants for my job. And so, um, you know, I, I believe in your, you end up where you're meant to be. And so I ended up in middle school and I never thought I wanted to teach middle school, but that's where I took a job because that's where they had a job. And I ended up absolutely loving middle school. So you know, it's very different. And, and, and I think if you, if you look at Catherine, what you just said about you're looking at your, um, your student loan debt versus your earning potential, if that's all you're looking at, uh, education isn't super, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not competitive, but what we used to be able to say is, uh, teachers are respected and teachers are, teachers are trusted and it's a calling, you know, all of those things. And, and what we've seen over the last couple of years are now teachers are being attacked and they're not being trusted. And so why would I go into a, into a career where I'm probably going to spend money out of my pocket to support my kids and I'm going to have to defend my integrity every day. And so it's, it's bigger than just pay. Yeah. That was their second caveat was that they're also looking at a profession that has been so highly disrespected over these, especially these last several years. And they're thinking, do I really want to put in four years of school to go yep. into a, 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 a career that's going to be very difficult to make ends meet and be so disrespected? Right. And it's, that, that hurts my heart. I felt called to teach. I did. I felt called to make the difference in kids' lives like teachers made a difference in my life. Yeah. Like I felt called to pay that back. And I, it, it hurts my heart to think that um, people are ignoring that calling because it's so ugly. 
Yeah. And I, and I hate that. So, so, you know, we do need to work to change the narrative, but we've got to have some help. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting, Ivy, as we kind of do our wrap up at OEA, when we look at all the bills that passed in the scheme of things, we actually don't have a lot of education bills that made it all the way through the process. No, for, for education being so big in the news and, book banning and are we teaching CRT or are we not? And we know we're not, you know, with, with all of it being so much in the forefront, very little of that actually made it through the process. So it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing that none of the, what I would deem crazy bills, we're going to sue teachers for indoctrination or, or whatever. There were several that were, that were going to be punitive in, in whether it was criminal or whether it was going to be civilly, we could sue people, you know, none of that nonsense made it through, thank goodness. But then the good stuff didn't make it through either. And so it is a, it is a strange ending to the session. Not only we're not ending, we're going right into special session. Right. So Ivy, would you say that uh, a lot, because and it was through it was through a coalition effort to make sure that vouchers was stopped. Do you think that became a roadblock for a lot of our good bills that we had? It did. It set a tone of of contention. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, some senators, some key Senate leaders, really, really wanted that bill. The governor really wanted that bill. So in the end, some of the what I would say the good policy kind of got uh, was collateral damage in that actually that we were told that by by a few key folks. So, um, you know, it, it really didn't have that sense of the good of the whole this year. No, we didn't. We really didn't. And that happens every year. Yeah. There are things that 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 go by the wayside because they, um, you know, some feelings get hurt and some egos get involved. And, and that did happen. It did, Catherine, I will say it feels like it happened more this year than normal. Yeah. Things, is, things yeah. happened, things happened emotionally way earlier mm-hmm. and louder and on a bigger stage. It, it, yeah. you know, things that I think happen a lot behind the scenes, every session happened in the scenes, in the front of the scenes. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like this one was so interesting that, uh, and and chambers were so divided from the House mm-hmm. and the Senate. I don't think I've ever seen a chamber take a bold stance to say, we've drawn the line in the sand and here it is. And this isn't going to happen. That you're right, it usually happens. And we're trying to figure out what's happening behind the scenes. You know, what? What's the skinny? What's the scoop? And you know, the legislative process is messy. It's cumbersome. It's messy. But it seemed really uh, messy this year. And in an election year, many times you just don't see controversy like you saw this yeah. year. Yeah. Many times you see some fluff in an election uh-huh. year. You know, they want to put something on a mailer. But this year, you just saw it go real raw and real ugly. And and what I don't remember happening publicly in the 10 years I've done this is it got personal. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, that just feels gross. Yeah. Uh, I the 
I, I mean, I know I realize we are going into two special sessions, but even the tone at the end of session ending last Friday felt like members were feisty, like members were, you know, fed up with either governor or, I mean, it just felt like, I mean, people were kind of jokier in a way, you know, and, and just, they it put stuff weird. out there publicly that they haven't in the past. You heard the governor really call out the legislature for keeping him out of the process. You heard all the buzzwords of backroom deals and special interest groups and lobbyists. And, you know, that's what you and I are, Ellen, right? Right. So we kind of <laughs> laugh at that because I don't I don't really put us in that. I mean, we are lobbyists. If, if we're going to define what we do, that is what we do. But as far as backroom deals and, you know, special, come on, we're talking about mm -hmm. children. You just but, think of people around a table with cigar smoke. Yeah, and... not one time have I smoked a cigar. <laughs> I'm missing it. I'm missing I it. I just, you know, with, with the dark wood everywhere. Right. And, you know, but, <laughs> but, you you know, you heard the governor call out legislators and and, and kind of go, go personal. And then you heard when they came for the veto overrides, you heard one or two legislators really call Ooh. the governor out, call him names. We heard the word mm. racist. We, what, what else, what was the other word? Um, oh, one of them just, oh, I can't remember. Um, it was, it was in a comment. Would you, would you say the governor being racist and whatever it, it, with the tribes? And yeah, so yeah. You were, I was like, yeah. oh goodness, this is all, um, that's new and, behavior. And it wasn't the minority party either. It was no. the majority party. And, and it's just strange because it's not ending. Like you were getting this feisty and you still have to come back two more times. And all of you still have to do this, you know, it, whether you choose to or not. It is still a collaborative process. <laughs> yes, you so, need all components. So the, the special session that they were running concurrently with the end of the, uh, let's just call it what, towards the end of the session, that one hasn't concluded yet, right? No, and it won't. It'll go through okay. at least the summer, maybe into the okay. interim in the fall, because there's a committee that is going to be meeting and making these decisions about yeah. these relief dollars, the ARPA funds. So, um, so, so it, it, it kind of set the framework for what mm -hmm. the work the committee will do separately, and then they'll come and go. They may meet for a day or two and do a, a little okay. bit of work and then go back and do committee work and then come back for a day or two. So, so that was expected. And that was announced at the beginning. Yeah. The one the governor called for June 13th um, was, was interesting. Ellen, you listened to the house debate. So yeah. So that one really is, um, you know, the governor said, look, I didn't that, you know, we need support right now for people because of inflation in our state. And he didn't feel like the gap, um, grocery tax um, bill or um, the money towards um, individuals, 75 or $150 tax relief um, checks that would have gone out in December were enough um, to do that. Oh, and the, um, the 1.5 for people who bought cars. That was kind of like his big, you know, these aren't tax relief people. And so in the house, you know, you thought they were going to override the veto. And instead they were like, oh, we, we hear you and we want to help people with inflation. And we will come back on June 13th. We are going to not override these vetoes and we're going to be at the table 
leading that discussion on how we can help Oklahomans. So it really changed in a way that I wasn't expecting. That shifted from the previous week where they were like, yeah, we'll come back, come in and gavel out, you know, gavel in, gavel out to, oh, okay. I, I, I know I said this last time on the last podcast, but I am just having deja vu uh 2017 2018 where it was just like the year of special sessions and like you know but it's the opposite problem in our state yeah um yeah we were looking for money then right we were in a we were in a perpetual budget shortfall and in a decade of cuts to most state agencies uh education was in a crisis right and so was so was so were the so the health department. I mean, all yeah. of all of our state agencies yeah. were were really struggling, having to cut jobs and all these things. Now we are swimming in <laughs> in federal relief dollars, and and not doing anything with it, not giving it away, not not spending it, and so uh, it's a whole different concern. And I and I think um, I heard a speaker at a conference recently. Uh, Catherine and I heard a speaker at a conference recently say, um, it's really tough to make cuts. And it's really tough to be a leader when when times are tough. But it's almost as hard to be a leader when you have a lot of money because what what are the most important decisions? Do you just bring back programs you had to cut? Or do you, you know, how do you look forward and and make the best decisions with that money? You know, being a steward with with a lot of money is just as important as being a steward when when times are lean. Yeah. So so I'm yeah I I love that comment that I heard because it wasn't about you need to really evaluate. Don't don't bring back something you cut because you cut it. Was it effective? And really analyze what you're doing. And it and I think sometimes. When we have one-time money, it is difficult because it's one-time money. So you can't put it to where it's going to be recurring. And, and so that makes it, um, and I know schools are, are dealing with that now. And they want to use their money wisely. And, but, it, but it's about having those conversations and finding out what people need. Yeah. I think is really important. Right. Happen. Well, Ivy, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking soon um, at some point I, about I, what these special sessions look like. Um, yeah, in the- I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, well, no, we have special sessions, so we'll just be able to keep you perpetually on the podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> because we want to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. Wow, Ellen, the, I think we are now officially into summer. I think uh, all of our schools are, are out of session. I know people are, uh, many of them have done a quick turnaround and they're ready to uh, start with their summer learning. Uh, going back in, uh, so many of our districts have used their relief funds to provide that continuous summer learning for their students. And that is Great. I'm so excited about that. Oh, my goodness, Ellen, did you hear about the big news on who is our um, keynote speaker for summer leadership? I haven't. Who is it? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. It's Debbie Phelps, Michael Phelps's mother. Oh, and my gosh. I, you know, I remember watching him in the various Olympics he was, was in, and they always talked about his mom. His mom was, you know, right there. Always there. Always there. 
And she was a public school teacher, an administrator, um, Marilyn, and uh, NEA member. And now she is, uh, she, she was always very outspoken for public education. And so she is now, um, that's what she does is an uh, activist for public education. And we were ecstatic when we got the word that yes, she was coming to our summer leadership, which is July the 22nd and 23rd at, she will be the keynote on the, on the June, morning. June 22nd, 23rd. See, I'm already out of June <laughs> and I'm in July. Yes. June. All those J months start running yeah. together. Yes. June. Thank you. June 22nd mm -hmm. and 23rd. She'll be there that morning of the 23rd as our keynote to kick us off for that day of learning. And I am just I just have goosebumps thinking, oh my gosh, this is so cool to, you know, here was somebody we saw in the spotlight, but just, and, and how she was continually advocating for public education. Oh, um, I think I love that. I mean, obviously we never hear that backstory because it's not really her story at that point. It's yeah. his story, you yes. know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I love hearing when people come from our world, but also not just our world, they come from the values and belief systems of NEA and their state association who are fighting, you know, yeah. with us to, to do better for teachers. Yeah. And that, and that, that work didn't stop for her when she retired, that she's continuing that work. And so, um, you know, summer leadership, we haven't been able to have summer leadership in person for two years. So this is our first time to be back in person. So awesome. make sure go to our website. It's right there on our landing page. Um, sign up. There's still time to register for summer leadership. Join us Wednesday afternoon, June the 22nd, not July, June the mm -hmm. 22nd. Okay, here's the deal, Ellen. For forever, we've always had summer leadership in July, but we switched it to June this year so people could get it and get it done and you know have time. And so we wanted to make sure uh, that we did that that way this year. And so June the 22nd, Wednesday afternoon, we'll have all kinds of breakout sessions. Um, we'll have roller light groups for local leaders, then we'll also have emerging leaders, and then another more sessions that afternoon, and then a full day on the 23rd. So it'll be at the Embassy Suites, Northwest Oklahoma City, off the uh, Northwest Expressway and I-44. Real easy to get to, great venue. We're excited about it. And then um, I hope that our members saw it in the edge that just came out. Not only are we back in person after two years, but um, Engage Oklahoma, that is provided through the State Department of Education, is back in person too. They have, you know, bless everybody's heart, have been <laughs> virtual for the last two years. And they, the State Department started this probably about, oh goodness, probably about four or five years ago. I've lost time since yeah. COVID. <laughs> I've lost time. Um, and they started going out on the road. We used to have one big mammoth conference in the summertime. And then realized, you know what, our communities, we need to get out to the communities. And so they created Engage Oklahoma on the road. And so they have it all across the state. It's, um, you need to register. It was in the edge. It's free, professional learning. And the, we're going to be there at every one of those Engage Oklahoma events. We're going to have a table. So make sure you stop by and say hi. I know we're going to have giveaways, sign up for our giveaways that we have. But we look forward to seeing everyone um, in Engage, at Engage Oklahoma. I was trying to look at the dates really quick. They're um, July, what, July 11th through July the 20th. There's the July. There's the that, July. That, there it is. So 
you know, we have summer leadership in June, engage Oklahoma in July, but also um, June 10th is where we have Dodger night. And so come and join us at the Dodger game. It's uh, you can get tickets, go to our website. It's on there and uh, join us and have a good time. Uh, Friday night fireworks is the best. So, yeah. but you know, Ellen, we're wrapping up the year again. And I get so teary. I have never been more proud to be an educator. Knowing and, and I'm proud because watching what our teachers and support professionals have done um, during the most difficult time to be an educator, um, you they haven't stopped. Mm -mm. And they're, you know, I we don't get enough kudos and okay. we don't give enough kudos, but I am so proud um, for the work that we have done that every day, it, it doesn't matter. I, I think back two years ago during this time and schools, you know, we had a, we kind of stopped school, what school looked like in person and moved to uh, a distance learning and the millions of meals that were fed, you know, that were brought out to the community that were, you know, just everything that we did and we continue to do. And we, and, and that's what educators do. They make it work mm -hmm. They make it work and they, and they make it work within their community and um, that community supports them and what they do. So I, I am just so proud. I yeah. am so extremely proud. And this is that time where, you know, just take some time. I, I say this all the time, take some time to rejuvenate yourself, relax, um, maybe four day or two. Right. <laughs> but, um, and because this is that time where just like we were talking about with summer leadership, and with Engage Oklahoma, this is our this is our learning time as well. And so that we can have some ongoing professional learning to make sure that we're growing as educators. And uh, but take time for your family. And uh, I hope you had a everybody had a great Memorial weekend. And, um, you know, that is such an important weekend to honor those that that served our country and. Um, that that passed away serving our country, mm -hmm. and it, it, we sometimes lose sight of what those holidays mean. And um, it's such a special time for everyone. So, um, yeah. just just thank you, thank you for what you do. Yes, I could not agree more, Catherine. Um, and we want to thank Ivy for joining us today, and thank you for listening to Fried Oakcrest the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcasts at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education. <laughs>